Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Your, your thing with Ragnarok, right? Uh, I, I was curious too because I, I've read some comments out there. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they think that we just agree on everything all the time. Yeah. I think this is the first time we've disagreed yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, on a movie. Like, I love Ragnarok. Um, but, and I didn't like Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at it at the bigger picture too, though, like the first two Thors. In right? five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. We have Ed Park VP in here. What's up? Today's going to be an interesting one because going to do the movie reviews again, but not just movie reviews. Let's start off with this, though, because, <laughs> you know, Love and Thunder didn't get as much love as I thought it was going to get. Right. Only because the stuff that they're complaining about is the same shit I complained about with Ragnarok. And <laughs> everybody gave me shit. They're like, mm. it's an amazing movie. What are you talking about? You don't know who Taika Waititi. The funniest fucking thing is every complaint that I had about Ragnarok is exactly why people didn't like Love and Thunder. Mm. And now that I was like, okay, I know what Love and Thunder is going to be about. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy the jokes. Right. And I was like, I enjoyed the movie. And they're like, dude, it was a terrible movie. I'm like, fuck you guys. Fuck all of you. <laughs> this is why I stick to my fucking guns. And by the way, by no stretch of the imagination did I say that it was an amazing movie. Yeah. I said it was fucking funny and the jokes were placed way better than Ragnarok. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just saw it too, finally. And I gotta tell you, I walked out kind of pissed and then I had to sleep on it. 
Now I had to recognize I laughed a lot. I did laugh a lot. And I, I think I discounted that because of the way I felt leaving. Um, but like it's it's the, I don't think there's a problem with it where we're gonna break it down like we did Shang-Chi and Doctor Strange. Yeah. You know? But uh because it wasn't with, trying to be something that it wasn't. Yeah. So there's nothing to break down. If if you look at it for what it is, I feel like it's the MCU's dude, where's my car? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, the yeah. MCU's Harold and Kumar. Yeah. It's straight irreverent co- comedy, right? Like um the problem for me, we'll we'll, we'll get into that. We'll yeah. get into it. But um for like your your thing with Ragnarok, right? Uh I, I was curious too, because I've read some comments out there, mm-hmm. you know, they, they think that we just agree on everything all the time. Yeah. I think this is the first time we've disagreed yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, on a movie. Like I love Ragnarok. Um, but, and I didn't like Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- when you look at it at the bigger picture too, though, like the first two Thors, right? The first one, especially. Yeah. Like how do you bring a character like this into the MCU? And, more Scott. Right. Right. And what they did was pretty genius, I think. They turned it into a Shakespearean film. Mm-hmm. They got a Shakespearean trained actor and director, Kenneth Branagh, who also makes great films to this day. And he's an awesome um, you know, actor as well. One of the best actors. I love seeing him and stuff. Uh, he did uh, Death on a Nile, I think Murder on the Orient Express. He's directed okay. those. Um, but he is a Shakespearean classically trained actor. That's why Anthony Hopkins is in it. And um, the the acting you see in it looks like a Shakespearean play. Because how do you get these King James people? Like they, the way they talk is like super yeah. old school King James. Father. Yeah. And then, um, then they had to let that go. Because apparently like Chris Hemsworth was like, this character is fucking boring. Yeah. Like it's limited to something. And so once they brought Taika Waititi for Ragnarok, it really opened it up to more of like a comedic kind of um, I don't I don't know if I want to say improv, but um, it made Thor way more contemporary, yeah, and down to earth, right? Um, but once we got into Love and Thunder, like okay, tell me tell me what you think, like like from what 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 you've seen, it's a for me it's a good comedy movie mm. that's what it is it's a comedy it's comedy. a comedy movie this shit is not going to progress anything you're not going to get a lot of depth the only redeemable thing in terms of a movie that i really enjoyed was christian bale christian bale killed it christian bale is the saving grace of the film because mm. he took that role on so seriously yeah and you want to talk about a fucking good villain yeah and his redemption arc is what i also enjoyed so in terms of like it, him not just being this bad guy, there's a reason for why he is this, which yes. I feel a lot of people fuck up on. Who maybe we can talk about that later because yeah. that first opening scene <laughs> spoke to me so hard because you know you know me and my journey yeah. with Christianity. Um, when it was he was going through that whole thing, like okay, so he and his daughter, uh, her name is Love, which hence we we find out later that Love is is her yeah. in the title of the film. Um. She dies because they're like their planet is dying, and then they're in a barren desert. They're they're trying to survive, and she dies. But Christian Bale's character Gore, the God Butcher, he um still he survives, and he I guess he hears the calling of the Necromancer sword. I believe that's what it's called. 
I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which I, is basically the God killer. The God killer. Yeah. And then he meets his God and his God doesn't give a shit about him. And it's a very- Mocks him. It's a huge ode to Adam and Eve. It's like the Garden of Eden. Mm. He's literally living in this land of just- Paradise. Paradise. It's lush. There's flowers, trees, water, fruit. Everything is so fucking abundant. And Gore comes up. He's fucked up, dehydrated, sunburnt, still worships his God despite losing everything. And his God mocks him, mocks him. I did this for you. Yeah. And he goes, it doesn't fucking matter. You're yeah. going to die anyways. Yeah, everyone else is dead. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't give a shit. And um, the necromancer or that sword presents itself and he kills that God. And then he vows to kill all the gods across the universe mm -hmm. and that's pretty much title and then uh, we get to where thor is um we have korg the rock guy who's voiced by taika Waititi. um he's kind of giving the narrative of what happened before where he's like fat and whatever and then he worked out right and then now he's joined the guardians um i gotta say visually visually one of the best looking <laughs> mcu films colorful just striking imagery um and like uh so what, what you see though is like he's kind of there like i don't know if you want to say secret weapon like he's their last resort because he is so fucking powerful that he comes in when he has to but um <laughs> the 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 weird thing about that opening scene is that he after all that's happened after endgame he still has this sense of longing, I guess, like like there's still more to to be done. The only way I could kind of relate to that is the fact that, you know, after I've lost like a hundred pounds, mm -hmm. I was like, my life isn't finished. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I still have to live the rest of my life. Yeah. There's still so much to do in it. And I think um his character is still seeking out that there is things out to do. And then he gets some distress call from Sif, who hasn't been around since the second Thor movie. Yeah. And that that seemed like a cameo too. I thought she would have done something. But yeah. then, so he ends up going to New Asgard. And then Tessa Thompson's character, Valkyrie, is now the new king of New Asgard. And uh, she's doing like Old Spice commercials. She's yeah. doing like bureaucracy stuff. By the way, have you seen the current Old Spice commercials? Mm -mm. So, uh, you know, in Ragnarok, when Thor goes back to Asgard, there's that cameo with Matt Damon. Yeah. And they're doing that theater play. That's in like, a, that's kind of like a fourth wall thing towards the first and second movies, how they were Shakespearean mm. plays. So they were just kind of reenacting. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, yeah, that's, that's Chris Hemsworth's brother. The... Yeah, not Liam, but then they have another brother who's like shorter. Oh, the one that's playing uh, Thor. That's fucking <laughs> that's his hilarious, brother, dude. dude. Yeah. I so, had no idea. Yeah. So both of them make a cameo appearance again. And Sam Neill, the main character from Jurassic Park. Yeah. He's the one that's playing Odin. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious. And then dude. Uh, Melissa McCarthy. Well, Spoiler Melissa alert, guys. Sorry. There's yeah. I'm pretty sure everybody saw it by now. Yeah. So like, um, I kind of, when, when it happened in Ragnarok, like I understood that joke for the fact that the past two movies were like Shakespearean mm -hmm. films. Um, this time around, it kind of felt like a diminishing return. Mm -hmm. Like they kind of pulled out the same joke again. It, I mean, it was still 
what it's worth, it was still funny. Yeah. And whatnot. Um, still did its purpose was to like, because we talked about how Doctor Strange just was just like, hey, Wanda's bad guy. Yeah. Who cares if you didn't catch up with it? But at least they did their due diligence. Yeah. And catching up with with where they're at. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, for me at this point, I really felt like this is one of the worst edited films I've ever really? seen. Not even just in the MCU. For me, it was the edit. Because I'm an editor by yeah. trade. Um, I couldn't believe how I couldn't breathe or the film wasn't breathe, allowing you to breathe. Oh, for like, sure. It was so, but then we're going back like this is a comedy. For me, it felt like a really long YouTube skit. Mm. Yeah, but that's the thing too. That's how I felt about Ragnarok though. Right. Like right. Ragnarok felt like that. It was just joke, 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 joke. Because I wasn't expecting this fucking the other guy's movie. Right. You know, but this one, I expected it to be like the other guys. Yes, yes, yes. And so- my, all my expectations that I had from Ragnarok that I got disappointed from, I erased it and I went with this new mind state, right? Because it's 100%. Yeah. There's nothing, there's no breathing room for fucking anything. It's literally just bam, ba, 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 throughout the whole fucking film, which was a huge complaint that other people had, which is why I was wondering why people like Ragnarok so much. Right, 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 right. You know? So it was, that was the odd part for me because like I'm on the other side now. Well, they're like, how come you don't like Ragnarok? Because I wasn't expecting it to be like this. Dude, one of the funniest things of the film where I, I was actually in tears laughing was fucking Zeus. <laughs> Bro, uh, Russell Crowe. Russell yeah. Crowe doing that stupid Greek accent had me crying laughing yeah. because of how ridiculous. You know who it reminded me of? Jack Black. Jack Black. Mm. <laughs> it was He was fucking, what's his name? Fucking um, Nacho Libre. Nacho <laughs> that you say it. it's nacho libre. yeah i was dying laugh. i was like that's fucking nacho libre dude yeah. this obscure, a greek nacho libre. This yeah. obscure greek accent yeah. this guy who was just so aloof and just so stupid just hilarious falafel libre yeah. <laughs> falafel libre yeah. dude that's what it was dude shawarma libre yeah dog i could not stop laughing because of how ridiculous russell crowe was dude yeah I mean, like I said, every time um, there were so many set changes, but my God, was it beautiful. Yeah. Right. I, I, my only complaint, like I said, was that I wish it had time to breathe. Like um, it was like a, the movie's like an hour 45. I felt like it could have been two hours, two fifteen. Yeah. Maybe. Um, and that maybe would have helped me digest it. But that was just literally the only complaint. Otherwise, the other thing too, it wasn't like really big on character development because as far as Thor goes, like so much of his story has been told because he lost so much. Yeah. Um, but when, as the movie progresses, what you see is it's actually Jane Foster is part of like a co-star. Yeah. Um, a big part of it is her story. Um, and it was actually, I don't know how to, how to say it, but then, uh, spoiler alert, she has cancer stage four. Yeah. Right. Um, and Natalie Portman in her own right is a very great actress and she played it through great. But I. Okay. So here's the thing. Have you heard people say the book is better than the movie? Yeah. 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 I am against that idea. Mm. I always think a movie, no matter what is, is still going to be better than a book for me because of how I digest things. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I'm just talking about mediums, but then obviously the story is is a big part of it that can be expounded on so much in a book. Um, because I've seen the panels in the comic books of how Jane Foster becomes Mighty Thor, 
Um, I was hoping to see that transition. They actually didn't show it. Yeah, that was kind of a, that, they kind of blue balled my ass on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how? Yeah, you know? <laughs> they kind of did the, oh, the hammer starts shaking. And, and then, then the next thing you know, boom, she's yeah. Thor. Um, what I just heard recently, apparently there's a four hour and 30 minute version of this movie. Get the fu- I want to see that. I want to see that film. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm so ready for that. Like apparently there's like um, Jeff Goldblum makes a comeback. Mm. Uh, Peter Dinklage, apparently his character from Endgame. Oh. Yeah. He also was supposed to be in the film or something, but they cut out damn near three hours of this film. That's crazy. They That's just made fucking it crazy. Movies. Yeah. Um, so who knows? Maybe Disney Plus, there'll be a Waititi cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many things too. Like that that point where they just kind of placed her in as she just suddenly got these powers was kind of just cut, cut. Cut, yep. And it, it was just right there. And then we just kind of had to dispend belief and just kind of continue. Yeah, with it just story. kind of continue. There's a lot of that in that movie. But once again, I expected all this shit. <laughs> I, I knew it was going to be like that. You know, yeah. well, not like that per se, but then I just wanted the jokes to be better. Like, here's a great example of a joke that I really thought they did well. It was something small that made me die laughing. It was just uh, Thor finally goes to see what's happening with all these gods that are being killed. And he finds one of, um, I forgot what his citizens are called, but whatever. He the go- omnipotent place, something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then she's just out there. She goes, she, what's, what's the, at, not Asgard, but where's the place that they go after they die? Uh they go and see eternity. Yeah, so they right? go into eternity, right? She's like, she's like, just leave me here to die so I could go into eternity. And he goes, dude, you gotta die in battle. She's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, these really small jokes, you know, yeah. which is kind of fucking hilarious because there's like, there is like this legend that you hear from a lot of different cultures, like dying in battle will give you honor and reward. Right. <laughs> she right. couldn't even do that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. My lovely genius farts, this podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. How well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? That's how our brains work. So why don't we treat them the same way? How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. 
so it's important to invest time in caring to keeping them healthy. My friends, I've used BetterHelp for years now, and you guys already know when it comes to my mental health, it is a priority, and my BetterHelp online therapist helps me through my darkest times. And I'm not just saying that, my friends. I know just because you hear it on a podcast ad, you feel like I'm just reading off a piece of paper, and I am not. I have used BetterHelp for a very long time, and if you haven't tried online therapy, you should because there are so many benefits to it. Number one, BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you could be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com genius. That's BetterHelp.com genius. But I feel like the previous film would have just had them go back and forth on this joke. Right. Like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to die. So yeah, if you do that, then this will happen. Oh yeah, if I yeah, they then my do- brother turned into a snake and they stabbed me. Yeah, yeah, that that kind of like ran on a bit. They didn't right? do any of that shit. It was the joke was there. They moved on and they let us continue to another joke. Mm. Another joke that fucking crapped me. It was something really small. It's when the the fucking rock character was gay. Got yeah. married <laughs> to Dwayne. To Dwayne the Rock. The Rock. <laughs> That was very funny, too. Bro, that shit fucking got me super hard. Dude, a lot of people in theater didn't get that joke. Yeah. They just thought it was funny that he was gay. I was like, no, yeah. the gay part's not the joke. It's the it's fact that his name the is The Rock. rock. Dwayne. That shit yeah, fucking that's... cracked me up, man. I think it's probably because of the fast pace of the editing and the cut. A lot of it could have been lost in that as well. I mean, like, because I, I enjoyed, like, very much uh, movies. Uh, Do you see Jojo Rabbit? No. Oh, you got to see Jojo Rabbit. Okay. Yeah, it's excellent. And maybe we can do a review of that too. Yeah. But yeah, um, you know, we, I, I talked about earlier about how in a Shakespearean or the, the drama play, you see the masks, right? S- sadness and, and laughter, right? Someone's crying and someone's laughing. But the idea is that they're both feeling the same thing, which is pain drama mm-hmm. right but it's it's how it's expressed and such taika waititi does a great job at talking about a sad subject but making it a fucking comedy Mm-mm-mm-mm. so one of his earlier films too the the hunt for the wilder people have you seen that one uh that's what the the kid that was the fat the, new zealand kid yes. in deadpool 2 that fucking yeah. movie was funny yeah yeah so i mean it's a very sad subject yeah, um, he's a foster child, and then his foster mother fucking dies, and then his foster father doesn't really give a shit. But then the journey is about their relationship out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, Jojo Rabbit, too. Oh my god, such a heavy subject matter, super sad, yet one of the funniest films you'll ever yeah, yeah, see. Yeah. Okay, right. And even in Ragnarok, too, he touched on some important parts, like first act ending with their father dying in a very touching moment and then it goes into like a huge adventure as well but at the end of it too what happens their fucking home gets destroyed asgard gets mm-hmm. destroyed you know but then it's all about the process it's all about the growth and you know it's 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 about the journey that they take in there and taika Waititi does that very well um in there's a this lot of, one there's a lot of high stakes yes yeah yeah and in this one too, there is a lot of hurt and pain with Jane Foster's cancer. Um, but other than that, I got kind of lost in what Thor was supposed to do. Mm. Like where Thor's character growth was. Yeah. You know, um, because it, it might be because Loki's not around either. Oh yeah. That was like his biggest thing. It's like this, 
this whole issue with his family, which I think a lot of people can relate to. It's mm-hmm. like that one kid who is forgotten. Yeah. And, you know, just wants to be loved. Yeah. And then the other brother who loves him truly, but he can't even see it because he's blinded by jealousy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of like, it honestly reminds me of a lot of like biblical references. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, Cain and Abel. Yeah. Right. So like Loki's character was always there for us to understand why Thor isn't so perfect. Mm-hmm. Why Thor isn't so great, despite being the strongest, mightiest Avenger, right? Um, and without Loki to be there to humanize him, I think that was Jane Foster's job in this film mm. to bring Thor down to earth, which they did a, a pretty decent job at. Like uh, when they go through and montage through their actual relationship that they had that they, yeah. we didn't see. Um, they, the, 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 Like I said, this movie does cover everything. It does cover a lot of bases. Which is so crazy to think that they cut it so many hours short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I would love to see that four-hour cut. But yeah, um, that at the end of the day, there's not a lot to talk about with it because it just is what it is. Yeah, the, the one thing- It's not bad. Yeah. And I think that, um, I don't know, I think I read this too. It's maybe people who are being a little analytical of the movie. And once again, I didn't really see it through that eye because if I did, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much. Was the idea of- you know, him and Jane Foster's relationship is supposed to be this amazing thing. And it kind of seemed towards the end, he just kind of accepted her death. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, I understand she's dying. Yeah. Good job, Mjolnir. I thought you were supposed to fucking save her. Yeah. I guess that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. You know? So that was kind of the, that's, this is where for me, like the forgiving thing about this film though, that I think that I like better than Ragnarok is literally Christian Bale. It has to be Christian Bale. Just because like, I always love it the most when, you can really humanize the villain where the villain isn't just a villain just because they're evil, mm-hmm. right? There's a good, good fucking reason for it, right? Yeah. And that's the same thing that I feel like Scarlet Witch had too, but they just didn't do it well in the movie because we, how are we supposed to know this shit? Yeah, unless we didn't we, see it. Yeah, unless we fucking watch WandaVision. Uh, side note, Mary will finally f- watch WandaVision yeah. and she loved it. Loved it. I just told you, just wait. <laughs> it's because, you know what the, it, the issue is with her is that she's watched so much Korean drama yeah. Where they just give you everything in the first episode. Mm-hmm. She goes, oh, why is taking so long? Just watch it. <laughs> One of the things that she does that drives me fucking nuts. I love you, my sweet, sweet lady. She'll watch some shit, right? And the movie just started. And she goes, why is that person doing that? If you watch the movie. They'll tell you. They will tell you. <laughs> that is what the story is for throughout the whole thing. Why are they doing that? What's the purpose of that? <laughs> You know what? I don't fucking know either. Yeah, not yet. They'll show us soon. <laughs> but then that was the other part. Why we have problems with films when okay. we do question that and then it doesn't pay off. Yeah, there's no payoff for it. If there's no payoff for it, that's when you're going to be like, why do they do that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Also, too, I wanted to know why. And maybe they did in the film. And once again, I only watched this one time was why did the hammer choose her? Hmm? Right? Yeah. Right? Um... I, I think that like, like is I said, it the oh, wait, panels, no, is, was it because Thor asked the hammer to watch over her? But then why would I, they give her the power though? Like, I don't understand that. Shit. Yeah. I, I missed that too. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's on the cutting room floor, man. There's yeah. two more hours of this stuff apparently that nobody saw. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, I, I, I'm seeing a pattern here because we haven't enjoyed a lot of phase four, right? Phase four, definitely the latter half has been quite a fucking miss. It's, I, I believe it's because we're seeing the 
results of what the pandemic had done to production. Mm-mm-mm. And so what we're seeing is the 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 final draws. Of, like, okay, so in 2008, right, there was a writer's strike. And so the subsequent movies after that, a couple years after that, were pretty kind of trash. Yeah. Because the writers quit. Yeah. And so, like, um, uh, Quantum Solace, a 007 movie, apparently Daniel Craig had to write the rest of Get the movie. The, fuck the, out the of fucking here. lead actor had to write this shit because there was no writers because they were on strike. So a lot of movies, if you go back and look at like movies from 2008, 2009, they're pretty lackluster because the writers quit. I'm not quit, but we're on strike. And so what we're seeing now, like, and why I try not to be so hard on these films is because they had to live through a pandemic and try to produce this thing, you know, through this pandemic. You know, and this is the result of what we're going to get. They're just picking up the pieces. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. I mean, also too, and I'm pretty sure we touched on this as well, is that I really, really do believe that Marvel is going to have to figure out what films should stay as films and what things should stay as series. Yeah. Right. But obviously it's a money grab because even the films that we dislike made billions of dollars, Mm -hmm. millions on top of millions of dollars. Yeah. It's just certain things that you can't do in an hour and a half. It's just not possible. I mean, the idea that you're going to somehow consolidate 400 episodes or 400 comic books in a matter of an hour and a half mm-hmm. where you can explain all these detail and nuance, it's, it's really, really fucking hard to do. And obviously you have to do it in a series of films, but it's just, a, it's difficult. Like I definitely feel for them, which I believe why phase uh, four at the beginning was so good is because a huge part of it was what? Series. Series. Yeah. Right, Loki, a series. WandaVision, a series. Falcon, Winter Soldier, I like that a lot. Too. That one was so fucking good. Yeah. And once again, that was a series. Each episode was an hour long. And they could really, really let shit breathe. Let you really process um, like uh, what the fuck these people are really going through. Yeah. Um, but for Thor Ragnarok, like I really just wanted it to be like 15 minutes longer. You know, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, let yeah, it yeah. breathe a little. The other part was... Um, there was kind of a jump where I didn't see Gore butchering a whole lot of gods. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And what apparently happened was there was a scene where when Gore loses his face, like, so he has all these tattoos, right? Apparently there was a scene where he just tears his skin off, you know, and he becomes this antagonist, like this, the scary figure he does later with this sharp, dark, like bloody yeah. teeth and shit. Like there was a transitional scene that they cut because they said well, it was too dark. Good. That would have been good. I would have enjoyed to see it. But apparently there's like a lot of shit on the cutting room floor that we didn't get to see. So hopefully, I don't know, Disney Plus, give us the three hour version. Who knows? I would love to see that shit. Yeah. That would be really fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean- like I said, I understand. it is what it is. I understand. Like, I don't have too many bad things to say about it because look, I I enjoy Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Not the greatest film in the world, but it's a com- one of the greatest comedies in the world. But that's the other thing too. Look at how many of those comedies we grew up with, would they be able to come out in theaters again? Would a movie like mm. Nacho Libre or even Napoleon Dynamite be able to come out in theaters or would movies like that go straight to streaming? Like, look at Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All his stuff has just come straight out to streaming. I guess people don't go out to theaters to just see these irreverent comedies anymore. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. So I, I I, feel like, okay, maybe this one, Thor, Love and Thunder, was like 
you know, those Harold and Kumar films, you know, the dude where's my car, you know, but, you know, putting that stuff back out in theaters, putting a big IP on it and people go out and watch it. And like, I think it's made six, 700 million now. So it's a numbers game. People know, and, and you know, the studios know too, they're not really thinking about what's going to make this the best. They just know that no matter what we put out, people are still going to fucking watch this shit. They're definitely not trying to win Oscars. Yeah. That's, that's, it doesn't matter to them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where the uh, series come in. Like they, mm-hmm. they can really oh, expand. Yeah. Those are going to win some fucking Emmys. Have you seen Moon Knight? Mm-mm. Here's how I assess it. It's some of the best fucking acting I've ever seen mm-hmm. in the most boring story ever told. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's his name? Oscar Isaac? Holy shit. He fucking kills it. He kills it. It's amazing. Like with the subject matter, but the story itself, uh, you know, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. but, and then I, I, I look at it, then the phase four as a whole and what's been happening. It's like, holy shit. It's quantity over quality. Yeah. That's what it's become now. And speaking of dude, did you see the new trailer for Black Panther? Yeah. That shit looks good, looks dude. Good. It looks fucking good. Ryan Coogler, dude, Creed one. Oh my God. One of my favorite films too. It's, loved it. it's how you should do boxing movies. Mm-hmm. He really set a standard for boxing movies. Dude, and like Sylvester Stallone got a best supporting actor nod for his role in that too. That's amazing. Like, he killed it in that for being a supporting character. It's supposed to be a Rocky movie, yeah. right? He, he fucking took it up and killed it. But that's also why I hate Creed too. Because Sylvester Stallone took it over and wrote the movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he yeah, owns yeah, property. Yeah. So he was like- Ryan Coogler, it's, it's so funny. He's so fucking Oakland. It's hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, this fool literally said, like, look at her ball head right over here. <laughs> I was cracking the fuck up because by the way, too, doesn't matter how you speak. It's all about your fucking art. It's art. He's a fucking amazing filmmaker. Killer uh, filmmaker. Amazing. I'm, and so the yeah. second trailer I was watching and I'm like, dude, I have super high hopes for this one. It looks fucking amazing. And by I don't know who the new Black Panther is, but I'm pretty sure we know who it is, right? I th- if if okay, if we want to make like theories and guesses, um we have Ironheart coming in. Do you know who Ironheart is? No, who's Ironheart? Um so in the comics they they had I think they just introduced her in the past 10 years in the comics where she is the next Iron Man. Um she's oh. this genius like New York uh black American girl who's just fucking crazy and builds her own suit. And she becomes the new Iron Man of, you know, this current MCU series. Because Tony Stark died. Tony Stark died, yeah. And so they're introducing her into this, which is going to be dope. So I can, I think she and Shuri are like really good friends. I think you see them doing the dab, the Wakanda dab. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And, um, but the new Black Panther, I don't know. I don't know if it'll work, but they might be bringing back Michael B. Jordan. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. My lovely genius brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Fume. Ever tried to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing Everest and flip-flops? Yeah, we've been there too. But here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. It's not about giving up. It's about switching up, baby. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. What is Fume, you ask? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy. I keep one in my car just because I'm a fidgety guy. And guess what? I'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor, my friends. Nothing bad for you in there. And definitely, definitely fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving the listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash genius to save 10% off the journey pack today. This podcast is brought to you by Magic Mind, my friends. If you haven't heard of Magic Mind, you are going to be in for a treat. Um, Magic Mind sent me a box of their stuff and they wanted me to try the product, which is something that I really enjoy that companies do, is when they send me something to try before I even endorse it, because I ain't doing it unless I try it out. So Magic Mind sent me these little uh, Magic Mind matcha shots and it was supposed to help me with my productivity. And I gotta tell you, fucking amazing before i actually shot this podcast uh i took a shot of the magic mind specifically because we were going to talk about marvel things and we were going to unpack some very deep topics and you know when you're running around all day sometimes you just need a little help with something and it's beyond caffeine and that's where magic mind steps in if you guys don't know i'm actually really hyper caffeine sensitive so magic mind has been like a good medium to step away from too much coffee and it's it's pretty freaking awesome man it like it helps with like stress and anxiety and if i take too much coffee I can't really sleep at night. So taking Magic Mind, especially with like the cognitive benefits of it and on this podcast has been pretty fucking amazing. If you're like me, I totally recommend you go check them out at magicmind.co slash brain and join the community of go-getters. You can also use my discount code brain20 so you can get 40% off your subscription or 20% off your first one-time purchase. My 40% code only lasts 10 days. So hurry up one sec and that's magicmind.co slash brain and use promo code brain20. 20, my friends, if you want to get that fatty, fatty discount on an amazing, amazing product, check it out. Click the link and get to it. Magic mind, baby. I don't know if that's going to work. I, I, I have a feeling it's, um, you know, the leader of the bodyguards, the female bodyguards. Oh, uh, yeah. Okoye. Yeah, I think it's her. If it's her, I would be so fucking happy. She's so badass i love her dude there is a screenshot of you could see a black panther like the suit and the arm right yeah i must say it's a kind of a feminine looking that's what i'm arm. saying because i, I was it's like one of the listen, women. it's listen, one of the women i'm 
I think it's a woman and it has to be her. If it's not her, then somebody explain my boner. Yeah. <laughs> my dick got a little hard. And if, if I as a dude, I'm going to be in a very weird spot. Just a little chub. Yeah. I was like, oh, why hello. And um, just from the trail alone, it looks like they gave a lot more for Angela Bassett yeah. to fucking really shine in her acting. Because of course, this movie is going to be about pain. Mm-hmm. Because in the film itself, uh, Chala dies. Yeah. Too, as as I mean, because they they announced they're not going to replace Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. In the story, you cannot, they're going to honor absolutely him. cannot replace yeah. him. Yeah. Who would you replace him with? Who? Michael Jai White. <laughs> <laughs> Wesley Snipes. I don't Wesley know. Snipes. There's no way. Yeah. This isn't like the fucking '90s too, where suddenly you just have fucking Aunt Viv be a dis- different person. Right. <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> not doing that. It, it, it's not excusable anymore. Like people are going to complain about that stuff. So to replace T'Challa with somebody else that's worthy of the Black Panther suit, I feel like it's going to be her. Yeah. yeah. It has to be. It, it, it could be one or the other, but I, I really hope that, like I, I believe in Ryan Coogler. I'm weary about phase four or where MCU is heading, but then, man, they give a lot of reverence for Black Panther in their they give them their space to tell the story that they need to. And I trust it. Yeah. And I just hope that they don't have shitty CGI. <laughs> Let me ask you this. And I, you know, we, we were talking about this on JK News. And this is a very interesting subject, right? Because a lot of people are, especially in the comic book world, they are getting upset at these changes that are happening, specifically because they feel like they're pushing a woke narrative. Right. Right. And there was a new person on the block that's creating this new comic book series. He's, I think he is a former Marvel writer or something like that, right? Uh-huh. Um, comic book writer. But now they're doing a mission to make superheroes, their own set of superheroes, a whole new universe has nothing to do with DC or Marvel. Yeah. But they're saying that they're committed to not let wokeness affect these characters. Mm. Right. And I think like the person who started it all, I think he's a young black man. He was talking about how, you know, Wokeness should stay out of comic books and, you know, a lot of these like social justice issues shouldn't be in this. And to my mind, I'm like, actually, I don't know if that's the case because that's what comic books were based off of. This is like the heart and soul of comic books. Actually, they were they were tackling a lot of social issues with this stuff. So in my mind, I'm thinking like I understand what you're saying, right? Because when a lot of like big companies have issues with not trying to rock the boat so much so they don't lose money. Mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. maybe that's what you're talking about but in the general scope of things then you don't really know what these comic books are about because they've always done that they've since day one done that. yeah like i remember this nuna unfriended me right because she was walking by some newsstand and then there was an x-men comic book where two gay mutants were getting married and she posted a picture of it like oh my god i can't believe this is happening and i commented like you know what the X-Men are about? Yeah. <laughs> They're about civil rights. You yeah. know, we've talked about this la- the last time too. Like, you know, it's, I think people want to label shit as wokeness, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't know whether they don't want to be educated. They don't give a fuck about, you know, the world's issues or they just never saw the past comics for what it was originally about. Yeah. But I truly do believe, yeah, you can have comics that are not about anything about our lives, like fantasy books. You know, yeah. Dragon Ball Z isn't Dude, really about anything in reality. You know, like this whole story arc between X-Men, 
like the mutants and humans is about xenophobia. Like, yes. Are you fucking out of your mind? That's just a heavy ass fucking subject. Right. Growing up as a kid watching that shit, people protesting outside of the White House talking about we want these mutants dead. We want them out of here. Yeah. Why is one of the biggest villains in X-Men a senator? Yeah. You know, because he's making the laws that are taking away rights for the mutants yeah. and they just want their civil rights. Putting them That's in the cages. Fight. Yes. Which is even a reflection of our time now. Yeah, I mean, look at what Days of Future Past, that movie was about, they touched on in the beginning. Mutants getting rounded up and fucking exterminated. Murder. It's touching a little bit on, you know, the Holocaust yeah. too. I mean, and um, that's why even in the first X-Men um, opening scene, one of the greatest opening scenes in all comic books where young Magneto is in fucking Auschwitz. You know? Oh, that's right. That's right. What do you think this shit is about? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like it's touching on all civil rights, all human rights mm -hmm. for equality. This is what it's about. But if you want to make a, you know, story that's not about equality or civil rights, then you're going to have more or less something like a Zack Snyder point of view of how we see superheroes, that these are gods and they don't give a shit about you. Why should Superman give a fuck about us, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what Invincible touches yeah. on, right? And you're going to tell me, oh, Invincible is not woke. Sure, it's it's not, but it's touching on something very important in the philosophy of how we see things. Yeah. But if you just want to make a comic book about punching and kicking, then shit, I'm telling you, there's Dragon Ball. It's great too. Yeah, we yeah. Love it, you know, it's fine. That's the interesting thing. Like, and I and you know, just to touch on this like topic too. Do you ever have issues of, for example, people? You know, it's like the whole Little Mermaid thing, right? Where in Little Little Mermaid. They, they were casting a young black girl for it and then yeah. people flipped the fuck out, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I had to really think on this, like, why does that bother people, right? And I think what I came to a conclusion and I talk, and I, you know, on JK News, I joke about a lot of things. I don't really expound on thoughts and this yeah. is what this podcast is for. Um, I'm thinking the reason why people dislike it is because it fucks with their childhood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I yes. think I think that's just really the basis of it. Yeah. I am used to seeing this redhead white girl and this is what I grew up on. Why do you have to change it? Because like 80% of America being white, you know, and like half of that being the women or whatever can see that. Like so that's what I'm wondering too. Then are white women complaining or is it white men <laughs> complaining, right? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. to make some fucking noise. Yeah. Right? And, and the other thing I have to say too, there's no fucking mermaids in real life. Who gives yeah. a shit? So Africa doesn't have fish. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, what the fuck? You kidding me? I, I, I actually, because I thought of this little mermaid example, I went online and I found some old tweets from people and somebody else brought this up. They're like, well, you know, mermaids is like a Nordic, like Norse legend thing, right? And mm. they are white. And so it's not even historically accurate, but I'm like, hey, mermaids don't exist. <laughs> How about that, bitch? My my friend, he actually explained it to me too. Like when I say, what do you say when, you know, WWE, like wrestling's not real. And he says, Superman's not real. Yeah. <laughs> Batman's not real, <laughs> you know? But the idea is like, what is the story about, right? And this is the what reason why I love like the first six Fast and the Furious. After seven, I hate it. But the idea is like, tell me we still watch it though. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> we always yeah, watch we it. still though. watch it. But is it really about the cars? Like, is wrestling really about what happens in the ring, right? Or is there so much drama happening and story happening outside of the ring 
And then they solve their problems in the ring. Mm-hmm. They head on their issues with their beef and it all comes down to what happens there and who wins and comes out on top, whatever verbally or personally that they're going through, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast yeah. and the Furious, they got their own issues and you know how they solve it? With a race. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They solve it with their car. They solve it with right. family. Yeah. That's that's what it's about. It's not like about like, oh, like cars and racing, like about all that shit and stunts, but then- you have to be invested in the characters like and what they're going through and what it means for them to have to use their cars to solve their problems. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. Like the wrestlers have to use their rock bottoms and people elbows to solve their problems. Yeah, you know? and, and also too, like there was a huge uproar about Disney because of the Buzz Lightyear. Right. So, Did you see it? I didn't see it. I heard it was bad. It was bad. So <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't care to see it. So yeah. who cares about the gay kissing thing? If it's a bad movie, I don't give a yeah, fuck. I... I barely remembered about the gay kissing. I, that's the least of the like, film's problems. I heard it was like in the background or something. Yeah. And then there was two gay guys kissing. And then, you know, I, I read a lot of tweets about this stuff, and, you know, because Twitter is always right. But <laughs> that's just kind of where people complain the most, right? Twitter, that's what Twitter's yeah. about. So people were just kind of like, I don't like it when Disney shoves gay shit in my face. And I was expecting this scene where Buzz Lightyear whips out his dick and he's just basting a girl, a dude with it or something, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it was like two it's dudes like, like just that. pecking in the back or some shit. And no, it's like, uh, oh. two women. Oh, it was two women. Yeah. Two older women, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same thing with like Doctor Strange to America's parents were about gay. lesbian love. That shit's hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the problem? <laughs> like you love watching it on Pornhub, but yeah. for some reason you don't like to see it on the yeah, MCU. There's two guys, I understand, but two yeah. women, what the fuck, man? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I mean, I, and I have to look at who's making the most stink like conservatives. Sure. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. And I don't, yeah. yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what it was about, but then I, like I said, I read there, like it was just in the background. I'm like, okay, cool. That that was the least of the film's problems. Yeah. Right. And like, and then it goes into this other subject too, where I was reading it, where people were complaining about, oh, why do they have to go ahead and start making these characters gay out of nowhere? I guess like Superman's son is gay. And there was all these other like examples that they were bringing out. Yeah. And so I started thinking to myself, okay, what is the problem here? I think obviously beyond the, 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 the direct answer of people being very conservative and they have their Christian ideals and beliefs and this is mm-hmm. what's fucking them up, up in the head, I think a lot of it really does have to do with nostalgia. And yeah. I, I can kind of empathize in the sense of, yeah, I, I think like if I had this character, like let's say, I don't know, Superman, he's marrying Lois Lane. He's absolutely in love with her, right? And she's his moral compass throughout the whole comic book series. Yeah. She grounds him. And then the next thing you know, he's like, dude, I fucking like dick. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be a little thrown off too. Cause I would think about the why, like, is this just because you want this to be a part of this universe because of wokeness? And that's where I understand what they're talking about. Yeah. So in my mind, I guess like the medium for something like that, I'm not saying that that is something that happens. It's like, Oh, if you want to bring in new social characters that kind of talks about the current situation that we have in this country, do it with a new character. Yeah. Give, give these old people their fucking nostalgia and then do these subjects with a new comic a new book character, character. Yeah, that might be the the best medium for it. Yeah, I think that's fine. And you know, but what we have been seeing is like new characters, you know, that are gay or whatever still the fuck a problem. you want to classify. <laughs> yeah, and it's still a problem. Yeah, like so far, what I'm seeing, I'm not seeing like other characters. Like, if you have a problem with Korg being gay, it's like, but you didn't. You didn't know what what he was before, whether yeah. he was hetero or not. You just figured it out now. And what the fuck do you care about two rocks fucking each other? Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. That's, you know, it's one of the things like I really got to look at too is like, 
you know, why they have to complain. It just sounds like a lot of hate. But these people exist in the world. Mermaids don't. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> like so many things don't actually exist. But for some reason, if you want to throw them into your fantasy, it fucks up with what you had in your imagination. Going back to whether a book is better than a movie. When someone says the book was better, I'm like, so you're telling me that you have a better imagination than Steven Spielberg? Yeah. <laughs> you have a better imagination than all of these fucking billion dollar directors? You know what's hilarious? I, uh, you know, to go back on the topic of that wokeness thing, we have a mutual friend too. And sometimes I, I, I read his tweets because he's been on this extra woke Asian tip thing, okay. constantly tweeting and putting it on Facebook. All the, and literally has never talked about any of this stuff ever as long as we've known him. Okay. And then, you know, it's getting to the point where it's like so ridiculous. And this is the type of wokeness I think that these comic book writers who wanted to start their own universe is talking about. Yeah. Where, you know, you know, I love this guy, but he tweeted something ridiculous. He goes, I don't know how I feel about, you know, representation in Asian media for a lot of casting. This is like one of those gray areas for me. Should Asian people be casted in like medieval movies? I'm like, no, they shouldn't because we weren't there. We weren't there. You fucking idiot. I don't want to see that. <laughs> Listen, I would love to be in Game of Thrones. Well, not Game yeah. of Thrones. That's not even real. I would love to be in like some kind of fucking Celtic movie, right? Yeah. But I'm, ah, I'm lord. Like, <laughs> I yeah. love that shit. How weird would I look there? I yeah. don't belong there. It's not even anywhere near accurate. And they're kind of basing it off of real life shit. Yeah, yeah, like, What are yeah. you talking about right now, dude? That's like me. I mean, this is kind of in a bit of a hyperbole, but that's like, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Tarantino. Yeah. Right. He does the film about uh, with Django. Right. And then you see a lineup of all these slaves and then I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> what For the representation fuck? purposes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's stupid. Shut up. Shut up. Now you're just talking just to fucking talk. Yeah. Now you're just complaining just to fucking complain. Yeah. Like there are actual reasons and like battles that we can fight. That doesn't make sense for you to even put that out in the ether to say, hey, okay, I don't know if I'm being ridiculous or not, uh, but I think maybe I feel a certain way. Maybe we should be in these films. No, we shouldn't. Shut the yeah. fuck up. Yeah. It would be weird. It wouldn't even make sense. It would it would distract from the film or the TV show so much. It's like we we do have our own stories, man. If you just maybe read a little bit of your own history, yeah, bro. We got some dope shit, we got dude. Dope some. I, I'd love to see a fucking Korean War film. Yeah. Or maybe play a Call of Duty that's in the Korean War. But no, we don't have those. Dude, how fucking wild would that be? Dude? Yeah. But like, hey, maybe we should advocate for those, right? Yeah. But then, yo, we don't have those. That's something you can fucking complain about. Yeah. But don't try to act like, oh, why aren't we in the new Lord of the Rings? I don't give a fuck if I'm in that yeah. movie or not, dude. I don't think <laughs> fucking guy in there or whatever. Yeah, like, what are you we, talking about? We have our real stories too yeah. that can be represented too. But I, I really think the argument itself, like it's almost futile. Like that's the, look at what this guy is. You're telling me like he's making an anti woke comic book. I'm good for him, honestly, because he has his convictions and he's fucking doing something about yeah. it. He's creating something. about you know, but if you're an Asian American or whatever, and you're like, want to be included into something else and you're not, you know what? Fuck it. Then make your own thing. Yeah. Let's make our own thing. That's the point of creativity and, and, and creation. You know, creation is built like solely in us as, as human beings because we are lonely. Yeah. 
because we don't we didn't have shit 200,000 years ago. But you know what we do? We could carve something. We can get some charcoal and start drawing on the cave walls. We created for a fucking reason. You know, we expressed for a reason. There's, I can't imagine a caveman 200,000 years ago like, hey, why didn't you draw my people on your wall? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Get the fuck right. Draw your own shit, bitch. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the complaining has, complaints have its merits, like where it's coming from, but who you're giving it to, I believe like has its limits. That was my biggest issue that I had with this, the, the original Asian American movement with the film stuff. They go, you should cast me. In Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> Why do you want this person who you are so much demonizing as this person who doesn't understand the nuance of the Asian American experience to write a film about your Asian American experience? That's fucking uh-huh. nonsense. Yeah. Go do your own thing. Make it yourself because nobody else is going to be able to duplicate or replicate all of those fucking things that you went through as a kid. Not possible. And you're waiting for that role. And that director isn't even going to know where you're coming from. Because he doesn't fucking know us, get us, right? I saw this clip. It was pretty amazing where um, someone was questioning Denzel Washington mm-hmm. about like, why did the director of this film have to be black, right? And the whole cast and the panel are like rolling their eyes, yeah. right? And Denzel had something really important to say. He was like, Steven Spielberg made Schindler's List, you know, excellent fucking film. Martin Scorsese made Goodfellas. Excellent fucking film. Steven Spielberg could have made Goodfellas, but he doesn't know the culture. It wouldn't have been what it is without Martin Scorsese making it. Martin Scorsese, in his own right, could have made Schindler's List, but he doesn't know that culture. And it wouldn't have been Mm -hmm. what it is. That's what we're seeing. That's good. It's the culture that matters. So when you're complaining to a white producer, to a white director and shit, you're not going to hear back from them. Yeah. Because they don't know what the fuck to do. I think people have to realize that when you keep yelling and jawing at white people, it's like, do better. Yeah. They're fucking stuck. Like, do better with what? With what? They I, don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. You know, that's why it's important for us to create our own shit. Yeah. You know, that's the smart thing. And, and like, I know it's, oh, David, so much easier said than done. A hundred fucking percent. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah. Duh, but guess what? You have to have the fucking guts to do it. Yeah. You're going to have to. And there has to be a community that's going to back you up. And there are those things, right? Like, that's, that's the thing, too. Like, how can I explain to somebody what it's like to have a mom call you fat and ask you why you're not eating? <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Cut, like, Touched it the way it could because the director knew the culture. Yeah. Like how, how can I explain to you what it's like to, to go to your grandma's house and smell this, this burning incense that you would smell every time. That the smell of a Korean church that every fucking <laughs> Korean church smells like. Whether it's I'm in Seattle, whether I'm in Dallas, Texas, in New York, Jersey, whatever. They all yeah. smell the exact same. How can you explain these experiences? It's almost... It's... It's hard to do. You cannot do it, but you can show it in film. Show it. And the only way you can do it is when you've experienced it yourself. Mm-hmm. It's it, People know these things. You have this in your own personal lives where you literally say in stories, I would tell you the story, but you had to be there. Yeah. Same fucking thing. I could tell this somebody to do this film for me, but they weren't there. They didn't live this shit. They didn't know what it fucking felt like. And that's coattailing when you complain that way though, right? 
like, hey, if you put me into Little Mermaid or what anything, whatever, into this space, then we can tell our perspective of it. But it's like, it sounds like you have something to say. Why don't you just make your own shit instead of giving it to some other yeah. IP, right? Listen, the only fucking thing that I heard about Little Mermaid that made me die laughing and I was going to put, and I, and I literally wrote this as a joke. Okay, I didn't hear it. I even made this joke myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> but the only thing that made me like die laughing was like, I was literally writing this joke. I was like, the reason, the only reason why fucking Little Mermaid being a black woman doesn't make any sense because she has to go in the water. <laughs> That's it. Hey, I grew up in a black beauty supply store. I yeah. know big facts. There's no, there's not a single black woman on earth that has beautiful hair that's going to be like, I'm jumping into this water. I was yeah. like, that's the only reason, that's the only argument you could fucking make. Other than that's that, true. I don't want to hear it. That's true, man. Like people like have these different ideas of things, but like I, I see it too. Like we talked about it before was the corporate inclusion, the forced uh, inclusion kind of thing too. Um, it does lose its merits in that point too. Yeah. Um, but then if the story doesn't make a fucking difference, whether they're white, black, Asian, or Latino, like I, I really don't like see why it matters either. Like people have a big problem with black people being in the new Amazon prime Lord of the Rings, but it's like, why? like why? Right. It's all a fantasy. Like it's all fantasy. Yeah. It's all fantasy. It's people legit like have a problem with that. Yeah. It's yeah. Lord of the fucking Rings. See, that's the thing where I'm like, Asian people can be in that shit because it's fantasy. Yeah. Who the fuck cares? So for me too, like you watch the original first six Star Wars. How many Asian people are in there? None. None. Oh, so Asian people don't go to space? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, eh, no what thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, no. We're only the engineers who, who allow you guys to get in a rocket ship and go out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll stay down here on Earth. You know? All this like make-believe stuff. Race should have absolutely no issue. Yeah. You know why? Because their cast member is an alien with six tits on their face. <laughs> All right. So if you're okay with that, I'm pretty sure we could have a couple of ching chongs in space. Yeah. We're fine. We're, we'll be okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, people like are, I feel like jumping on that train of just of representation um, without having any creativity. Yeah. They're skipping the line. You know, that's what it is. Not not saying, oh, you should fucking work and grind and all that shit. Yes, you should. But also, like, if you've got something good and you got a good idea, then make it yourself. Dude. Don't be like, I have a, oh, I know how I would fit into Lord of the Rings. How about make your own fantasy then? Yeah. How about make your own East Asian, Southeast Asian fantasy? That's why, like, um, even though I didn't like Raya. I was I, just going to say. Yeah, I appreciated it, though. It's still its own Southeast Asian fantasy mm -hmm. story. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And like, that's something I can get behind. You know, that's something I appreciate. And yo, I don't want to say it out loud too, but I got ideas for like a Korean American Disney film, you know, something yeah. that speaks to us, but I don't want a Korean person to be the new Prince Charming in some fucking thing, you know? Yeah. No, I think we have our own story to tell behind our own culture. Mm -hmm. And I think like, oh. look at Moana, beautiful representation of like Polynesian like Moana culture. is one of my favorites. I fucking cried my, like bawled my eyes out. Like every time the grandma came on oh, screen. Bro, the grandma, when she became the manta ray, oh, that I shit- fucking bawled That my shit eyes wrecked out. me, dude. Hot tears in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yes, we, we do want to see ourselves. I get it. 
right? But then at the same time, like what you want to see and what you want to create are two different things. Yeah. Like, could you imagine how would that director, uh, let's say somebody who wasn't Chinese American, right? Have directed that short bow. <laughs> how could they have done it? Yeah. How? Dude, watching that shit fucking got me. Dude. Yeah, right. It reminded me of my mom. It wrecked me, dude. I was like, oh shit. Like they they love you so much that they just want you to be, by the, but they won't let you be your individual self. Yeah. Like that is such, I mean, I'm pretty sure it happens in a lot of other cultures, but Asian Americans do that a lot. Yeah. Especially a mother to their son. Mm-hmm. Like they, forever, you are this child to me, mm-hmm. you know, and they, she just would not let, to the point where she would rather just snuff him out and keep her to herself in selfishness, yeah. right? Than rather let this child live their own life. Yeah. I mean, like uh, uh, Turning Red, although it's very cringe to me, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's because I was never a middle school girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, outside of it being a, you know, Chinese Canadian story or whatever, like it still had a relatable story, a humanist story down to its bones, you know, but externally it had so much of its culture that it could that could be represented yeah and where it told it well enough where you could understand um, the pressures that she's going through you know and so did it matter that they were chinese you know at all yes and no it was important for its for its representation and it did it goddamn fucking well i had so many not so many I'd say two people. I'm exaggerating right now. I cut that shit out. But um, <laughs> two two people. That's off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure I read more. But she went on a tirade and a rant about how young kids, how their her three-year-old son shouldn't be watching Turning Red, right? And I just wrote back to her. I was like, I didn't, I had no idea that it was a, a stranger's responsibility uh, on when they, whether they decide what their kids watch. I thought that was your job. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking? What are you talking about? And they're like, well, you, she was like, well, since you don't seem to go to church anymore, you know, them teaching. Oh. And bro, I, I literally paused for a second. I'm like, I could wreck this fucking girl's life. And I just looked at her and I was like, listen, number one, I remember you at church. You went to church very casually. In fact, were you, were you spouting this shit when you were sucking blah, blah, blah's dick? In the back of the parking lot at church. Yikes. Right? I was like, I don't have amnesia, bitch. So don't talk to me about what's holy and pious when you literally fucking was, you were cum guzzling dicks at the back of a church parking lot. Don't talk to me about this shit. Or do you want me to put that on your Facebook group? I mean, people, people want to be out loud because they want to express some kind of self-righteousness. That's what I'm saying. And I was like, okay, listen. I was like, I understand. And I was writing this. And I was like, and she was, you know, after she wrote that, she just kind of didn't say anything. I was like, you don't have anything to say right now, right? I was like, it's very easy for you to go ahead and get on your religious stu- religious pedestal and start, you know, punching down and pointing down at people. But that's not even what this is about. I was like, you didn't like the fact that they talked about periods and all this other shit. Menstruation, like Menstruation. teenage angst. Like, it, it, yeah, the, the, the Red Panda itself, like, wasn't, just about periods. Yeah. There's so much that young women go through throughout this entire earth. Yeah. And for some reason, you showed a three-year-old that, uh, I don't know, tell you, yeah. did he even understand it? Why do you care? Yeah. And then on top of that, she was kind of relegating it to like, this isn't what my Disney movies used to be like when I was younger. And I'm like, yes, they fucking were. <laughs> what are you talking about, bitch? What are you talking 
talking about? Like, oh, t- t- the way that they uh, this kid is defying their parents. Oh, for real? Little Mermaid? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Jasmine from fucking Aladdin, bitch? What are you talking about? This selective memory is what kills me the most. The thing that bothered her the most was the fact that the child was being defiant against her parents and going against their wishes and rebelling and running away. Every fucking Disney film is, what are you talking about? And she used Little Mermaid as an example. Oh I was God. like, did you watch Little Mermaid? Did you Mermaid? watch it? Like, do, you, do we want to see a Disney film where the main character are the parents getting their fucking way yeah. and like lording over their kids and then winning them over by their obedience? Yeah. What the fuck kind of movie is that? Who wants to see that shit? The, the, that's what I'm saying. I like stuff that she was complaining about is literally the exact same trope in her favorite Disney films that she used as an example. That's how dumb you are. You don't even know what the fuck you were watching, which goes to show just show your kid turning red because they probably won't know what the fuck they're watching either. It's 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 a ridiculous argument from the jump because it's like, hey, I don't know how to make movies. So you got to make them the way I want to see yeah. them. <laughs> Like the fuck is that? Yeah. Like if you don't know and you're upset, like bro, fucking learn. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like if you can't do it, then turn it off. Don't fucking watch it. Yeah. That's all I could say. Like there's so many things we don't enjoy. We sit through it, but we analyze it because of the film nature of yeah. it. You know? Like my Disney films were never like this. Yeah. The fucking girl in the ocean that just went up on land to go get some fresh dick. <laughs> yeah. Really good idea. Run away from home. Change myself so I could fit in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the original Little Mermaid itself, the original story is like fucking horrific, apparently. Dude, it's right? Dude, all these stories are horrific. Yeah. And then they got to Disney-fy it to make it acceptable and make it cute and make it loving. All that shit. Look at what they did to Mulan, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. It, 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 shit gets Disney-fied. But you know what? If Like I keep saying, if you got a problem, man, get a piece of paper and a pen. Write a better movie. Yeah. Just do it. Just start. You know, and who knows? Put it out there. Maybe someone will pick it up. I don't like, know. Like ben the Shapiro's idea production company. That the film is like teaching her young daughter how to be rebellious, even though Aladdin is her favorite fucking movie, blows my mind. Literally, she runs away from her dad, goes into a, a bazaar, starts pretending yeah. like she's poor and shit. And Almost then she, gets her hand chopped off. Yeah. Starts falling in love with the bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? With be us. quiet. <laughs> Man, you, you just have to like let shit be like, it, yeah, it almost just doesn't matter. Then you know what? Then just read the Bible to your kid for the rest of his life and tell me when he doesn't resent you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Tell them about the story where they were fucking each other in the ass and they started turning into salt. That's a great bedtime story. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them about Simon Gomorrah. Tell them about David and Nathan. Man, those two were gay. (laughs) Man, like Nathan was supposed to be King David's like prophet, but damn, did they love each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, tell them those fucking stories, dude. Tell them that story about this girl who wasn't supposed to eat an apple and this bitch just defined as fuck, eats this apple and fucks the whole world up. Yeah. Like, like, look, these, I, 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 kind of get that aside like because of whatever overprotectiveness you know with their kids you know you're gonna say some shit then whatever it's it's fucking dumb but fine like you have your right to say it but you they should know like it's kind of fucking stupid yeah well make your points correct Mm -hmm. like at least have a sound point 
<laughs> like don't use the examples of the stuff that is exactly like the film that you're criticizing. You make, don't make any sense, but it only goes to prove the point that even you didn't know what you were watching as a kid and you didn't even see it. Yeah. You didn't see it at all. Someone says, that's not my Little Mermaid. Then fine. Read the original story. Yeah. The original story is fucking horrible. Read yeah. the original story of Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. <laughs> All these Germanic, like, like fairy tales, they're terrible. Crazy. They're made to scare children into obedience. Yes. And then Disney made it more acceptable and, you know, like loving and whatever. Bro, like, fucking Sleeping Beauty is nuts. Terrible. King comes in, rapes this girl in her sleep. And she she's becomes pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. All that shit. Like, you fucking kidding me? You know, I didn't even know about, I was driving to Sacramento in my car and I just put, they're like the real story of Disney. And I was like, oh, what is this? I started hearing it. And I was mortified. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's wild. They're fucking raping this girl in her sleep because the king couldn't have, was was having an affair with his wife and the, with, with the sleeping beauty. And so he would, you know, basically fuck her yeah. while she was in a coma and she woke up pregnant. <sighs> yeah. What, what, what kind of fucking fairy tale story is this? What was going through Walt Disney's mind to be like, you know what? We should make this one rated G. He saw that. He was like, it's kind of hot. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. <Fucking> freak. <laughs> the hell is that shit about? I mean, going back to like representation, wokeness and all that shit too, right? Um, you know, uh, Bob Kane, he was known as the creator of Batman and he got all the fucking credit for it, right? Up until Batman v Superman. All of a sudden they added a second name. Batman and creators created by Bob Kane and this guy named Bill Finger. Mm -hmm. Bill Finger was the actual guy who drew Batman, designed Batman. Oh. You know, gave him his story, where he comes from, what he does. And Robin, you know, he actually designed all that shit. For Bob Kane, he is a fucking idiot apparently, you know? Oh. And Bill Finger is the one that created the Batman we know. What a tragic name, by the way. Yeah. But that was another thing. Bill Finger was a gay man. So when he introduced Robin, it was like a lover boy kind of situation. Mm. If you look at those old comics, it looked crazy gay. Yeah. Because Bill Finger, the creator who was drawing all of it, was gay. Yeah. You know? And that's why if you see Batman and Robin, the one with George Clooney, his relationship with Chris O'Donnell is pretty gay. Yeah. It's pretty That's gay. That's so funny. This like gay comic book writer basically yeah. subliminal everybody. Yeah. So who the fuck's going back there and like who's going to have a problem with like a new movie where Batman's gay? Go back to the original source, bro. Batman's yeah. gay. <laughs> Batman's gay. So I don't know what you want to fucking say. Like it, like whether it matters to you or not. It's like, it's not my Batman. Well, the guy who created it says it's his Batman. Yeah. You know, so, so what the do, fuck? Look, it's all make-believe. You, you know what the quick fix is? He's not gay in your head. Yeah. <laughs> Just ignore it. Just ignore it. Move on. Just like you, you always do, you fucking bigot. Yeah. You know, you, know that, you know that one page where fucking Robin is fucking jacking him off behind the back? <laughs> just, just move past that page. Never happens. And then go straight to the action part. Yeah. You'll be perfectly fine. That's what I do when I watch porn. When the guy's about to come, I cover his yeah, face. Yeah, you got to cover his screen, right? <laughs> Why you got to cut to him, man? Why you yeah. got to Why do you have to do the underball angle, dude? Yeah. I don't need to see this. Terrible. <laughs> like oh, sometimes man, I want to talk to these porn directors. What? What are you doing? And he goes, you know what? I'm gay. I'm gay. Oh, <laughs> okay. Exactly. What are you gonna say? He's gay. You're watching. You're watching some shit from a gay man. And if he makes gay characters, but makes it ambiguous, like what's it to you? You're too stupid to figure it out in the past. That's what it is. Yeah, and like the idea too is, you know, 
everything is so gay now. It's like, I don't think everything is. I think it's sprinkled here and about because it's a representation of life. life and that's how it's always they been. Exist. They yeah. fucking exist. And yeah. it happens all around us. It's just there. Yeah. Like one of the, I, I think I used this example before. I really enjoyed um, this. I forgot what series it was, but Abraham Lim, you know, we, we used to kick it with him. He is gay and he's playing a gay reporter. Yeah. Right. But they didn't do a whole story or arc about why he's gay or whatever. He's just a gay reporter. He's just he gay. kisses his boyfriend. They have a relationship and it's just a part of life. It normalizes it. So, I mean, it's important if you're telling a coming of age story where yes. a man has to come out of the closet. That makes sense, mm-hmm. right? That's not shoving it down your throat. That's a coming of age, like a real story to get to understand somebody, mm-hmm. you know? But then, yeah, I remember, what was this show? Um, How to Get Away with Murder. But yeah. That, that was, it was a very intriguing show. Very. Until. Until it was just like, yo, everyone's just fucking each other all uh, the yeah. fucking time. Until Viola Davis was gay. Gay all of a sudden. And then she was bisexual. And then she doesn't know what she is anymore. I'm like, this was so unnecessary. It was for the sake of your jaw dropping shock factor. And I think this is maybe what, what once again, going back to that wokeness thing is probably the stuff that I dislike that maybe that they're talking about. It's but, the it's closer to like showing and not telling. Yeah. If you can act it out and show a life, you know, in a lifestyle or whatever, like someone who they are, then you can understand like what they're doing. Like you can, ex- like you process it, but it's not like, like everything that defines them. Right? Yeah. Like if, if, if a, there's a story like out there that's just so much about I'm Asian and I'm so Asian and I'm Asian, yo. It's like that. It, where's the fucking story? Where's the rest of the story? Yeah. You know, but yeah, the, there's the identity thing. And then there's literally like, okay, as a human, you know, like what, like, are you going through and what part of it, because you're gay, like there are these obstacles that society throws at you that's so much more interesting dude look at fucking um moonlight yeah yeah i actually haven't seen that one yet oh you haven't seen moonlight yeah visually fucking stunning dude i gotta pick that up it's 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 very slow paced really fucking good i watched that shit like two or three times i was like okay really good and i love that story dude it makes sense everything is perfect for it and it's done with so much nuance it's like Mm. watching this guy you know find his sexuality growing up as a kid, as a young black man in this neighborhood. Yeah. Like it's fucking nuts. Right. And that's the coming of age part mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. That's so much better as a storytelling device instead of the character identity and making it the whole movie. That's what a lot of people fuck up when they start writing, you know? Mm-hmm. And there are certain like peers in this space that I see, they write like, they still write like that till this day. And it aggravates me so fucking much because i'm like you are so beyond this right now that you don't have to do this and when you when you kind of it's like people who create the joke first before the script Mm. and they try to base the whole script around the joke and it's just trash the whole the whole thing is trash and you can really see into the writer's mind when what they're what they're trying to do then is do something like make straight people uncomfortable or make straight people have to you know eat it up without really like expounding on a, a truer story on oneself, on, mm-hmm. on somebody. I think that's way more important. And at that point, if they are gay or not, like, like it's so much more interesting, you know, like, and if it, it, they are gay and that is an important part, like, like I said, it doesn't just have to be their identity and that's the story. Yeah. But then like the journey along that way, like we were just saying before, like 
I lost 100 pounds. That's the end of the story. No, my life continues. Yeah. And I'm, and even for me, myself, my identity isn't found in how much weight I lost or what I've accomplished or all these things. My journey continues, which is why to this, I still have a million stories about whether I'm fat or skinny or whatever. Yeah. I'm me. Yeah. You know, and there's so much more that, you know, explains or, or like, can can express who I am just by the stories I tell, and it has nothing to do with me being Asian. Yeah, and and you know just to you know add to all that in terms of like filmmaking too. This is in general what I like to look for when I enjoy films the most. It's how people expound on these ideas. Usually, like the general topic of what the movie is about is like the it's more of the backdrop than what the whole thing is, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, with you know with the film Gook that I did, Gook wasn't about the riots, right? Gook was about these brothers and this other family and them trying to get along and understand each other. They're more similar than they are dissimilar, but they don't see it because they're going through their personal struggles. The backdrop is the riots. Right. And it, it, it had a more microscopic view about these two different families that represented the bigger idea of where the riots were coming from, but it made it much more personal between these two. And that was way more important than like making a documentary about exactly. the Because we all know what the riots are. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to see that. What yeah. we're trying to do was kind of dig deeper and then see something else that was a big issue. It was like these two communities. Yes. What were they going through? What were they thinking about? Oh, they're a lot more similar than we thought. Yes. Right? And sometimes when you, when you are hurt and you feel pain, you don't care about what somebody else is going through. You can mm. only see what, you, what you're going through. Yeah. And that's what, to me, what made that film so fucking great. To me, you know? And- that's what I want to see in other right films. Until they shared the same pain. Yep. Right? At the climax of them. No spoilers, guys. Got to go watch it. Yeah. But when they shared that same pain, you know, like, and I I went to one of the screens when he came to Seattle and then there was a Q&A and Justin explained it too. Like, uh, his character and um, the other character, uh, I forget. Curtis. Curtis, yeah. That they essentially are two sides of the same coin. Although Justin's character is the main character of the film, that's who we're following. But you know, their their anger, their hurt, their pain, and then their struggle and their grind—it's the same. Yeah, you know. But then they don't see it right up until, yeah, they feel the same pain together. Yeah, and that's so much more important when you break it down and you and you can humanize people and understand that we are humans. Not taking away the fact that we are a certain race. It's not like in the movies, all of a sudden people lost their color. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not that, you know, but then when a story can break it down and you start seeing two, you know, homo sapiens, you know, interacting and having these human experience, then it doesn't matter if they're trans, black, Latino, Jewish, Asian, white, gay, like where that story is there for the sake of them being human beings. That's what's important. Yeah. Well, guys. We were actually supposed to do a review of something else, <laughs> something else too. <laughs> this was actually really great. Yeah. Um, you guys can catch Ed at Ed Park VP Genius Brain every Sunday at 12 p.m. Uh, Genius Brain uh, Secret Society Club has either dropped or will be dropping. Make sure that you get those pre-orders. Fucking amazing. Same same amazing quality that Secret Society puts out. But I'm doing. I don't. I don't want to create merch. I want to create some meaningful shit. So. Once again, inspired by my trip to Korea. Check it out. Um, every Sunday's at 12 p.m. And we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. 
connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.